I, no, I want it to be about us. I don't. No, I know that. I don't, yeah. I mean, I, you promoting, no? You're doing your, I, I, your, your I, book. You know, let me take your book tour. This is my this is my wife's, so we can't leave it here. Um, Talks about it with Franges. Today we have two very special guests. One is a philanthropist, an entrepreneur, a published author. The other is my co-host for the day, Michael Mukatosh, which holds an MBA in business and is the co-owner of Macintosh Electric. Today's guest is John Clash. What up? What up? What up? Thank you very much, guys, for being here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. It's crazy. I didn't know that you owned uh, uh, an electrical company. I used to be an electrician. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, Local 3. Oh, no way. Yeah, nice. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I still technically am because I got my card. Yeah. You know? But, I need uh, somebody tomorrow if you're available. Nah, man, I'm <laughs> heading to Boston tomorrow. Yeah? Sorry. Yeah, no doubt. I probably couldn't afford you right now. Uh, it would uh, have to be a lot for me to pull out the tools. Like, <laughs> I mean, I dread I, the work. I dread it. I see. God bless you, man. I see you building houses and doing your thing for um, the less fortunate, and and gathering people to um, to come help. And, and so I'm sure you can. You're doing your thing everywhere. So. You know, that's nice to see. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Um, so we actually build schools. Well, first, thank you for, uh, for bringing it up because I love, I love to talk about it. I like to educate people on what it is we actually do out there. But um, we build schools in Guatemala. And what they are is they're not just regular schools. They're made out of what we call eco bricks or echo bricks, depending on your accent. Right. Uh, and they're just they're regular bricks, but there's uh, the walls are made of bottles right like coca-cola pepsi you know uh, out there they have like 365 raptors um but there's a big problem with trash in uh many of the rural communities in guatemala so what they do is they'll collect all of that trash including the bottles then they take the non-biodegradable trash stuff it into the bottles and then we use those bottles as insulation in the walls so it saves schools anywhere from like seven to ten thousand dollars in being built. It includes the community in the process of building. We hire local contractors. The um, the company pays no gringos. That's what they say, <laughs> right? Um, nice. Yeah. So they, uh, you know, they they everything is uh, to be self sustaining for the country, right? So they hire the local contractors, and then we just show up to kind of show support and help the project along but they're they're building it when we're not there they're building it when we are there we're kind of just there to uh show this show the community that there's people from other countries that care about what's going on uh and then also to build awareness to it you know so we do i lead a trip every single year out there and i just bring people with me so that way uh they can learn about why we're building schools in guatemala like why not over here why not over there but one just because that's where we're at, you know. Uh, other countries are more than welcome to take the same plan and, and go do it. But um, Guatemala went through a 30-year civil war that just ended, I believe, um, This I could have the year off, but maybe about 20, 30 years ago, right? Uh, it's, oh no, 20, I forgot that we are all the way in 2020. Three, wow. What are, what are we in, 23, 24? 23. Oh, my gosh, 23 man. is almost done. Okay, so maybe it was like 40 years ago, 40 or 50 years ago it ended. It was recent, though. They had a whole civil war in which uh, they burned down all the churches, burned down all the schools. You know, it was Guatemalans wow. fighting Guatemalans, and obviously the politicians and stuff were behind the scenes, you know, uh, playing everything. 
But um, there's a whole generation of uh, indigenous people in the mountains, the, the Mayans, who can't read or write. So not everybody. You'll have people be like, oh, no, that's a lie, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, all right, come out here, buddy. Um, get, get on the plane with us. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we're just trying to build schools. This, the country needs 10,000 schools, and we're only on 100 and, uh, 140, right? But we're just building the schools so that way these kids can get their education. And instead of just looking to leave Guatemala, looking to stay there and help build the country up, there's, uh, I think, only a couple countries that went from receiving financial support from other countries to then giving financial support to other countries. One of them is, I believe, South Korea. And one of the ways that they did that was through education. You know, you really? educate, yeah, you educate the population and then they, then they have more opportunities than uh, they would have had had they not had the skills that they learned with in school. So we're kind of at the foundation, uh, you know, just building the... Sometimes education. middle schools, yeah, yeah, but but mostly just uh, the elementary schools, what we call them out here, uh, primary schools, what they call them out there. But just laying that foundation, then hopefully after those are built, we can come back around and build, you know, the middle schools and then come back around and, and build the high schools. But yeah, that's what we do out there. So so who's funding it? I, f donations. Oh, you know, nice. donations come in. Um, also, the trips help fund it, you know, because people pay their way on the trip. So that helps to fund it as well. But that mostly, the trips are mostly for education. It's to get the word out. So that way, people who want to donate can donate. We have uh, people, my, my friend John uh, is about to donate a whole entire school. You know, he's just going to give the money to do a whole three, uh, three, I was about to say three bedroom, three classroom, <laughs> <laughs> three classroom school. So... Wow. Yeah. Three classrooms. You don't even hear that out here. That's crazy. Just three classrooms. Yeah, just three classrooms. So what's crazy is uh, this one we we just went to, there was 600 kids in the community. So they went and built one school, uh, and they're like, yo, we need, we need another. So we yeah. went and built, uh, we're, we're in the process of building another one out there. But that was the craziest I've ever seen it with like 600 kids. I'll send you the video uh, afterward. But I'm watching all of them show up because they do a welcome ceremony. And it's just like, it's like a flood of kids just nonstop coming in. Wow. I'm like, yo, I've never experienced anything like this. And they gotta, there's, they uh, gotta like give out days. Like if your last name is this, you go on Monday. You, know, you can't <laughs> yeah. go five days a week, six hundred kids. Now they do rotations. Uh, it'll yeah. it, it'll be like uh, the the younger kids in the morning, then the next grade, then the next yeah. grade. That that's wow. kind of how they do it. And a lot of them have to walk like miles just to get there, be because you know it's up in the mountains. So uh, they just rotate it out. I think uh, they're done by twelve thirty because most kids have to you know walk all the way back home. Do you ever find any, like any non-Christians that join? Oh, it's a secular company that yeah. does it. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's not a. My first time going out there, I wasn't a Christian. The guy running it uh, was a Christian. The running that specific trip, but the owners, it's a it's a secular company, so anybody can go. It's not like ran through a church. Mm -hmm. um, so we have all different walks of life showing up. People think it's like a mission trip yeah, but it's okay. it's not anybody can uh can go on it and then that's the beautiful thing anybody we we all should be together you know there's good christians there's non-good christians i don't think there's, there's good people period so 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, because goodness <laughs> comes from God. So if you're being good, yeah, that's really God, not you. So yeah, I I I, I agree with that. <laughs> but you know, in the do you agree with that? Yeah, no, nah, I get what you're saying. I was just poking at you, man. Yeah, yeah nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so what's, what's Godtrepreneur? Uh, so when I was building my, uh, my teams and my sales organizations, I found, well, first, I wasn't a Christian when I started it, so it wasn't an issue. And then uh, when I became a Christian, I was, you know, still build, building teams, and I, I constantly found myself uh, putting business before God. Right. Like I was just business, 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 business. And then at the end of the night, thank you for keeping me alive today. Good night. You know, that's that's where I placed God on the uh, the levels of importance in my life. And it just it started to eat at me a little bit. And then the name just popped into my head uh, as I was driving Godtrepreneur. And, you know, since I used to be a rapper, like some things that rhyme will always just pop into my head. Um, so I'm like Godtrepreneur. And then I'm like writing uh, like Godtrepreneur, entrepreneur, like I'm just, I'm wrapping it in my head. And uh, I thought nothing of it. And it just kept popping in my head, popping in my head. And I was like, all right, fine. I'm, I'm going to just see if this is available. So I looked it up. It was available. And I'm like, all right, God, what am I supposed to do with this thing here? You know? And I'm not the type of person who believes like you hear audible voices from God. I think if you're hearing audible voices, you should probably, you know, check in for some help. Definitely. Um, but uh, I just felt that it was it was a sign of like, hey, you're always putting everything else before God. Now God is going to be in the name of a company that you own. So I just kind of made it as a way to help entrepreneurs keep God first in uh, in their lives. And uh, then it just it branched off into other things. Uh, so, yeah, that's how it all started. This is one of the shirts. Uh, <clears throat> this one's not available anymore because I made these for a short time. Limited uh, for time. The sneakers. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's nice. Puts yep. the urgency on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Still business. Still yeah, yeah, business. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the limited edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, how did you go from just talking to God at the end of the night or in the morning, not all day, now do you just work on it? throughout the day all day yeah so it's people think that you need to like lay out the prayer mat and like get on your knees and like take off your hat and say all right cool now i'm gonna pray like that's just that's that, just that, not that, that's what i was getting from how you said in the nighttime you would yeah but you, well, you, you know you, you kneel you before to the bed do it, you learn to do it throughout the day yeah you just live it but it's just it's just constantly being in communication with god just like uh, asking god to guide you during the day asking yeah. god you know uh uh Keep me from temptation, you know, uh, keep me reminded that you come first. Uh, keep me safe on this drive. I don't walk, I, I don't go to my car without praying, you know, just always keeping him first. It's so easy to do. You know, I pray over a Snickers bar just uh, uh, to remind myself to keep God first in everything. You know, God wakes me up every single day. The first thing out of my mouth is, God, thank you so much for waking me up today. Thank you for the eyes to see, the hands to feel, the feet to walk. Thank you for the breath in my lungs. Thank you for, uh, you know, healthy joints. Thank you for all of these things that we take for granted. Thank you for this roof over my head. Thank you for me waking up with palm trees outside of my house instead of snow. You know, just, just thank you for another day. That's kind of how I start. And then throughout the rest of the day, most of my conversations are just me thanking him for things. Thank you for this opportunity to sit here and talk with you guys. Thank you for keeping me safe on my drive. So it's really easy to keep God first um, if you just make a conscious effort to do it. It's not this big, 
whole like you got to be in church 24 hours a day seven days a week and that's how you keep god first no that's that's just that's impractical you know it's just keeping him first in everything appreciate everything yeah man yeah and, that, and that's and that's 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 pretty much what it is throughout the day appreciate yep. everything that's going on also when you're able to do it also when you're making decisions i don't want to make my decisions i want to i want god to help guide my decisions and like i said i'm not hearing audible voices like turn left you know that's not <laughs> yeah. uh, that's not it but just just acknowledging him before i make decisions and, and asking him to guide me because i want to live in god's will i don't want to live in my own because i know what living in my own will has led me to and when i submit to god's will my life just ends up better so yeah definitely gratitude Keeping that attitude for gratitude. Yep. Keep rapping, keep you. rapping. Yeah, yeah. Nice to rap, too. <laughs> the, yeah, so. the attitude of gratitude <laughs> gets you to another magnitude. I'm the baddest dude. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, my man. That's it. That's the and most. Since he that's, converted, he's never rude. <laughs> <laughs> now you got to rhyme the multiple syllables, man. Multiple yeah. syllables. <laughs> I like it, man. Nice. Uh, let's talk about moving to Puerto Rico. How'd that come about? My wife. Uh, she's smarter than me, you know. Tax reasons? No, no. Nah, nah, you know, it's funny. Um, I, I did a podcast uh, uh, like last year, and he was like, hey, man, why, why are you in Puerto Rico? And I'm like, oh, my wife. He's like, oh, I thought you were a crypto billionaire. I'm like, crypto I wish, you know, yeah. I wish it was uh, specifically for the tax reasons, but no, that's, that's not why right. I, I moved out there. I wish I made enough money to uh to avoid taxes you yeah, know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah, mm. but um i lost that yeah, yeah. but <laughs> just know just you knowing that you're working towards it yeah you, yeah exactly i'm there. i cannot wait to the day where i can apply <laughs> for act 60 you know but uh nah my wife uh, her whole family is from puerto rico and she lived out there she did a, a semester in college out there a few years ago and always wanted to excuse me always wanted to live out there and she was like john if if uh if we take this seriously do you do you think you would move to Puerto Rico with me? Took me about 30 seconds to say yes. You know, really? I was like, ah, yes, yes. I would definitely move to Puerto Rico. I just, um, I can't stand winter. You know, I, I just cannot stand it. I like, I like snow, but I like going to it. I don't like it coming to me. You like having the option. Yeah. I like the option of snow. You know, if I want to drink a hot cup of cocoa, I, I, I want to be able to leave too, yeah. you know? So, yeah. uh, yeah, it was, it was easy for her to get me to, to say yes to that. But the move has been cool. We moved out there during the pan, <clears throat> the pandemic. So it was a little weird. Everything was shut down. You know, it's an Island. So they, they were just super strict with everything. Also, um, they, I really feel they kept it going longer than they should have because, you know, they're getting money for it and the politics out there is super corrupt. So, uh, once it freed up, though, like once everything opened up, I really fell in love with living there. It's it's just uh, simple things like when you walk by someone, they're like, ah, buen dia, buena tarde, you know, and, and here you walk by someone, if you look at them, you're like, what you looking at? You know, it's just. But I think that's New York. Though. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Everywhere yeah. else, you well, got decent nah, there's, there's, greetings. I was probably in all right. the cities. Yeah, in the you know, cities. In America, maybe. Yeah, in the cities. Yeah, in Jordan. I walked. I remember I walked by. I was, it was very hot, but it's arid weather there, so there's no humidity. It's desert, right? So we're walking up the block. It's like two, three in the morning. I walk past these two guys. He opens up like a two liter of water. He cracks it and then passes it to me first. I just walked by him. I was like, wow. 
I was like, oh, shukran, habibi. Yeah. yeah I took yeah. that. Hell yeah. I, yep. I was like three something. Yeah. Oh, man. Hospitality. Yeah. I took that right away. But yeah, I, it's, it's hard to find that. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. There's yeah. so, like little things when you're eating, they, uh, they'll say, I always mess this up, but it's buen provecho. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. And, and uh, now when I'm eating and somebody walks by and doesn't say it, I'm like, Oh, like man. yeah, like, this guy. you're not gonna tell me to have a good meal, you know? Yeah. So yeah. It's, like, it's like bon appetit. Yeah, yeah, same exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, same difference. Yeah, yeah that's like a, satin, we say. There you go. The yeah. first time it happened though, I was like, I'm eating, and they sit. Somebody walks by and says it, and I'm like, what just happened? You know, yeah. it was completely yeah. uh, foreign to me. Yeah. You know, it really is. <laughs> what are you? Do you belong to any religious group or? Like I was born into Catholicism, my parents are Catholic. Were you were you born into something, or did you are you a part of something? Uh, right I now? mean, I, I go to I serve at a church out there. I work with the youth, but um, I, I, w I wasn't born into anything. We went to Catholic church when we were little, but uh -huh. I think you know my my father doesn't believe in God to this day. I, I don't think so. You know, I'm praying that he that that changes, but um. Yeah. You know, Amen. he just kind of made us go because my grandmother uh, was big into it. But then there was no talk of God in the house. There was uh, none of that. So once uh, uh, I think we got we went all the way to confirmation. Right. And then that was it. We never stepped foot in church. Ever That's a again. long way. A lot of people don't even get there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. my my grandmother was into it, into it. And yeah. uh, I think that might be one of the reasons why my father turned away because she was a little little extreme yeah yeah that'll uh, turn you off it's funny how it's not funny actually but it, it's it's amazing how you can be a part of the church but if if you don't really have the holy spirit in you or you don't have that that innocence with the your intentions are truly innocent and you're leading with something that's you know true and good you can just participate in the class but you don't you at the end of the year you're gonna fail yeah, well, even gangsters give out turkeys. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So you can you well, could you could be in the room of doing something good. You could even have good intentions, but um, you could be completely living outside of God's will. Uh, many people uh, I would consider cultural, ca culturally Catholic, culturally Christian, mm -hmm. um, but Christianity is the only religion where. You have to choose to essentially be a part of it. You know, uh, you choose to be a Christian. You can't just grow up. If you grow up in a Christian house and you have not put your faith in Christ as your Savior, you're not a Christian. You're just you grew up in the church. It's uh, to be a Christian. It's a personal decision into coming into communion with God and accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. And uh, so every other religion, you kind of just like, oh, I was born into this. It's part of your culture. You know, but Christianity is one of the only things where you you have to you have to say, "Yep, I want to do this." Yeah, that's that's uh, that's I believe that's true. That's let me ask you: Are you? Because from what from my understanding, you know, um, there's Orthodox Christian, there's Protestants, there's Lutherans, there's non-denominational, um, Catholic, whatever, and there's always debates, faith or works. Or both. Can you um, tell us how what you feel? Yeah. Is it faith or is it works? Well, I would say it's not what I feel. It's what Scripture says. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, Paul says it clearly. It's uh, it's it's through His grace, and I'm paraphrasing, but you know, through His grace, so no man can boast, right? So everything is is uh, we are justified by faith 
through grace, the grace of God, offering his son as our sacrifice in our place, right? Paying for all of our sins. And when we put our faith in that finished work of Christ, you are now justified before God. So if, if we're just talking on strictly, like, let's say, to put it in a very simple terms, getting into heaven, quote unquote, right? How, are, how do you accomplish that? You don't. Christ accomplished it for you. So you just transfer your trust from trusting in anything else and say, I'm not going to trust in any of that to get me through those doors. Jesus said himself, no one comes to the Father except by me. So if you just put your trust in Christ, now you're, you're on the team, I would say, right? Like you're, you're in the door. And works would come from a place of gratitude for that. It's not your, once you're saved, you can't get more saved than, uh, than someone else by working really hard for it and donating to the poor and making sure you're at church every single Sunday. Uh, that's, all of that works stuff is what every other religion says. You know, you got to work your way up to God, to enlightenment, to, you know, whatever you, you call it, right? And Christianity is the, the only thing where God was like, nope, I'm coming down to you, right? And and he paid for it all for us. So uh, the works would come, you know, James says, uh, faith without works is dead. And that's something that people use to say, no, there's, you see, there has to be works, but that's not what James is saying. James is saying, show me your faith. I'll show you my works, meaning I will show you that I, I've put my faith in Christ by my works. It's a revelation of the faith that you have because a true saving faith you're not going to remain the same person forever if you truly have the Holy Spirit in you and you're truly seeking a relationship with God. You know, when I first became a Christian, I didn't change. I, I put my faith in Christ as, as my Savior. I kept doing what I wanted to do, sleeping with women, getting drunk, doing all these things that I, that I want to do. It didn't mean I wasn't saved. It just, it, I, I wasn't progressing in my relationship with Christ, you know. But it, I'm still saved even though I'm sinning because we sin every single day. I thought I had it. Could have caught. Could have been, been a ninja with that yep. conversation. Yeah, no, that would have been it. That would have been it. Yeah, that fly got saved. Yeah, yeah, got saved. Got saved. So, so talk about that. How how were you saved, but still living the way you were living? I don't understand that. So, yeah. people think saved means. Uh, we have to separate justification and sanctification, right? Sanctification is the process of you becoming more Christ-like, right? Meaning you, your, your sin is, is essentially falling off you. The things that you, that you loved one time, you start to hate, right? Um, but being saved and just uh, accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior, accepting the sacrifice that he made, it's... For some people, it's they put their faith in Christ and then boom, they're not doing drugs no more. They're not running around sleeping with everything that spreads their legs. They're not drinking until they're drunk. There's, that's how it happens for some people, not for me. And I would say not for most people. It's a process of sanctification. And uh, I would say that if you truly are seeking a relationship with Christ, like you're, you're not just giving it lip service. You're not just saying, yeah, yeah, I believe. And, and then you're just continuing. If you're truly seeking a, a genuine relationship with Christ... I'd, I, and this is just from my own experience, I couldn't see how me being in a relationship with Christ, but yet I'm living in, uh, complete, in the complete opposite way as he wills for our relationship to be. Um, it just, I couldn't continue to do it. And it was nothing that I did. It wasn't like, all right, cool, John, you are not 
gonna get drink drunk until you uh, you're not gonna drink until you get drunk like it wasn't like me gripping on to my sin in my life like no i'm not gonna do this anymore it was a progression of me just seeking god and you know there's always going to be situations in where you're you're working on this relationship and then you like stumble and fall and you mess up quote unquote you stumbling and falling and messing up does not change the fact that you're saved right so that's what i would say is is a difference and i think a lot of people get that confused they think that uh when you have a relationship with christ it comes with all of these rules but no he came to set us free he didn't come to bring a, to put us under more bondage we are always going to be a slave to something you're either a slave to your vices and to your sin and 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 to to your flesh or you're a slave to christ right are you saying that if you have a little goodness and truth in there somewhere while you're battling these demons or whatever you want to call them right the sins that's holding that's keeping you alive in that you're safe no i would say when you've put your faith in christ that you're that you're saved not not if you have a little bit of good everybody got a little bit of good everybody so, got a little bad but you, you said know? that you were living that life but you were still saved yes right so how are you still saved i understand you answered the yeah. question but how do you how are you still saved if you're not turning away from that evil life is it that you're saying that you still want to turn away from that evil life so we have to look at uh what the word repent means right you always hear this repent put your faith in christ right uh so repent is a greek word is metanoia which means to change your mind right it doesn't mean to never sin again walk away from your life like that's not what it means it means to change your mind meaning you're no longer trusting in any of this stuff that you're doing you realize that how you're living is wrong and you are in need of a savior right and then you say that i can't fix any of this with my past there was nothing that i could do moving forward that would balance the the scales of what i've done good and what i've done bad it nothing is going to balance those in my favor i've done way too much bad right so realizing that and saying all right here is jesus giving you a free ticket essentially to the father a free ticket saying hey i paid for your sins accept the payment you accept the payment you are now saved right that doesn't mean that it, you accept the payment and your life is all of a sudden changed you're still going to have things that you struggle with you're still going to have things that you're that you're doing outside of god's will what i noticed what happened with me over time was you know i'm sleeping with this chick i'm drinking i'm i'm getting high i'm doing all this stuff and at, over time i just it didn't feel the same to me. I was like, I don't, I don't even want to be doing this anymore. Why am I here with this woman right now? Why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself in these situations? It was this weird thing that never happened to me before because I could, I could do whatever with a clear conscience, not think twice about it, you know? And it just seemed that when I truly did transfer my trust into the finished work of Christ, over time, God was like, look, you're mine now. Uh, you know, we're, you're, you're not going to stay here. You could stay here if you want, but it's not going to feel good over if you keep doing this. God bless you. Know? That's awesome. So yeah, that, that's, that's what I say would, would be my answer to that what was, question. Um, what was that initial spark, though? Because I understand there was a, a journey Yeah. because you noticed, I don't want to live this way anymore, but you kept going because it was your life. It was just how, how I was. You had to wean yourself you know? off it, to the new life. But what was that spark to even realize this isn't what I want, I want to start changing? What so was there, was a, there was one moment that... Uh, after I was living in Miami, uh, I came back up to 
uh, New York for a little bit. And there was this time, this was after I got baptized and, and everything. And I drove right to a woman's house, slept with her. The next day, slept with somebody else, right? Excuse me. And I just felt like like garbage. You know what I mean? I'm just like, what what am I doing here? I don't want to marry any of these chicks. I don't I don't want to what am I I'm risking my life essentially. You know, you you slip up one time, your life is ruined with the wrong chick. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I'm like, what am I doing here? I went into church the next day, like I say I say reeking of shame, you know, just like what what is going on here? The pastor at the time started preaching a sermon about how um how we are to bear each other's burdens, and even in your sin, God can use you. And I'm just like, oh, wow, all right. Uh, and this lady asked me, uh, she was sitting behind me, she's like, what does that on the back of your neck say? What Bible verse is that? It's Galatians 6.2, and it means to bear everyone's burdens and therefore do the uh, do the work of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a paraphrase. But so she asked me that before the, the sermon even started. Then this dude's up there talking about all this stuff, the pastor. And then all of a sudden, he starts talking about bearing everyone's burdens. And uh, Galatians 6.2 comes on the screen. And I was like, man, I got to clean this thing up. You know, the, this lady asked me about the tattoo on the back of my neck. Then the dude puts it on the screen talking about God can still use you even in your in your sin and and we are to bear each other's burdens and help each other out you know helping other people who are falling you know and and stumbling and it was just that moment I think was a, a conscious shift for me and um, then I, I started going to another church and this was my first time being around a group of people who were walking the walk you know I'm probably one of the first Christians out of all of my friends uh, the only Christian in my immediate family is my mom, you know, and everyone else is is just not Christian. So I'm walking this walk by myself and I'm surrounded by people who are, they don't care about living in sin and doing whatever they want to do. They're living by their flesh, which is normal uh, in society today. So your, your, your surroundings are going to influence you. Uh, so make sure that your surroundings are, are uh, you're surrounding yourself with people who are where you want to eventually be. So I fell flat on my face. Business went backwards. I had like all these bad things going on in my life. And uh, I kind of stumbled into a new church. And this was the, a church where I was one of the youngest people there. Uh, mm-hmm. So these there's people that were way further along in life than I am. And they were just all people who were trying to live this thing out. Imperfect people serving a perfect God, just trying to figure this thing out and, and walk in alignment with God. And getting in that environment, it one made me realize that these kind of people do exist. You know, there are people out there who do not just give lip service to God and are trying to walk it out. And when I got around them and I just, uh, I felt nothing but love from them and they just embraced, I'm the, you know, rough around the edges dude that shows up to your church and and they just embraced me uh, without thinking twice. And it was through that process, I would say those were some key moments in which uh, my life kind of started to just change. And it is not perfect. I mess up all the time, bro. Like, I, as my wife, she'll let you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> if anybody will she let you know. <laughs> yeah, she, she got the list, man. But uh, it, it's just... What year was that? Uh, well, I got married. Uh, so our actual wedding... Oh, what? I'm sorry. Oh, that... That, change. that was like six... About six years ago. Uh, maybe six, seven, some around there. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. The the 
the way the Galatians, the question, the screen. Yeah, I was like. One shot. Congratulations <laughs> yeah. on that and on the marriage. Thank you. Thank and on, you. And all, all your successes and future success. God willing, God bless. Yeah, glory to God, man. Glory. Amen, amen. Speaking, nice. speaking of successes, let's talk about the book. Yes. Ooh. Yes, let's talk about the book. The can I can I say that book? Yeah, yeah. Law of Attraction: A Gateway Drug to Spiritual Heroin. Yeah, talk about it. So uh, when I when I was in business, a lot of people know what the law of attraction is. Uh, you guys are familiar with yeah. it. All right, cool. Yeah, it's like a it's a big thing. Uh, manifestation. Just type that hashtag in, click it, and you'll see a whole bunch of videos coming up of mostly like white chicks telling you how to manifest something right <laughs> talk about yeah, it every time somebody tells me about the law of attraction i'm like oh gosh yeah yeah come on but it's something that you can easily believe and i believed it for a very long time uh in the business world when you're building teams you're always looking for something to motivate them to go do work you're essentially building volunteer armies you know what i mean so this was something that everybody would tell you about you know to get your mind right and they disguise it as science right oh it's science it's you know this is just how the universe works and uh so i i bought it hook line and sinker for a long time and then when i went to researching its origins and like where's this what is this that i'm believing you know that's actually how i came to christianity too because i got invited to church and stuff and uh one time i, I found myself at the at the the altar you know they're like, oh, you, who wants to give their life to Christ? And I, I just went up there. And then when I went home, I'm like, I did not just be a Christian. You know, that, that was, I was in my feelings. That was a good sermon. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at that moment, I, I just went on like a researching all religions binge. So that's how I, how I came to the conclusion that Jesus is who he says he is. I just researched what everybody else is saying. And um, so I did the same thing with the law of attraction. I was like, all right, I got to get to the bottom of this. And um, I don't remember exactly what caused me. But this is after how long of following it and, and yeah, practicing yeah. it? Oh, this is years, man. Uh, so how long years. did you stick with the law of attraction uh, when years. you were a follower? Years? Yeah, years. Uh, wow. I brought I brought the law of attraction all the way into my Christianity. I started... Uh, oh, you're juggling both at the yeah, same yeah. time. Yeah, because, yeah. Because they tell you it's science. You they say, have two masters, so you chose the exactly. right one. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Them. Thank God. Well, he chose me because I would have kept believing <laughs> it unless he pulled me out of some things. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Amen. I... Uh, so I started looking into the origins of it and looking into the scientific claims, and I found out that it's actually rooted in spirituality. It's, it's rooted in occultism uh, and, and like esoteric and theosophical philosophies. And, and when I looked into the characters who founded that type of stuff, I kept seeing, you know, this person's a Satanist, that person's a Luciferian. And I'm like, Christians always call in somebody satanic, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm not really believing it. You know, I'm like one of the most skeptical people in the world. Right. That's why it took me so long researching to do the Jesus thing. And uh, but anyway, I started coming across these things. And then when I researched where these philosophies came from, I came across a woman named Helena Blavatsky, who is uh, they consider her the mother of New Age spirituality, which is, uh, you know, uh, one of the worldviews that underlies the law of attraction. And all you have to do is Google quotes from Helena Blavatsky about Satan. And you will see she puts him on a pedestal. You know, uh, above God, Satan, the enemy of God, is our actual savior, paraphrasing what, what she says. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's pretty bugged out. And then I looked into other people who influence this kind of worldview. 
and uh, you come across people like Alice Bailey and Aleister Crowley. Aleister Crowley is one of the most wicked people to ever exist. He was kicked out of Sicily because somebody died during a blood ritual, right? He has, uh, I have the quotes in my book. Um, in his book, Magic, right? It's a, he has a chapter in which he's describing the best way to um, practice blood sacrifices. And he says, you know, the, the highest possible blood sacrifice you want is a male virgin of high intelligence right and and then appreciate it yeah. plug right <laughs> 1995 yeah yeah 1499 um, <laughs> kindle 999 uh but Even better it gets cheaper and cheaper yeah like yeah it. yeah uh audiobook coming out soon um better. <laughs> oh yeah but during this chapter he talks about the best time to to kill the person you're sacrificing is when you're having an orgasm Right. Wait, wait, wait. And they're pretty vulnerable at that point. Yeah, That's yeah, a yeah. little bit. The little perfect bit. time to sacrifice someone. Yes. is when they're having an orgasm. Yes, this is this is what <laughs> Alistair Crowley is. No, when you are having an orgasm while you're killing them. Whoa! What? The yes, <laughs> this is uh, so. Alistair Crowley. He's uh, Robert Wilson uh, has been quoted as saying what Pablo Picasso has done for painting, Alistair Crowley has done for the mystic arts. So I'm digging into all of this, and I'm like, bruh. These are the people that brought this type of stuff to the to the to Western civilization. I just I have a chapter in there called Satan equals bad. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. It's relatively understood that anything involving Satan, we should probably stay away from. Right. Mm -hmm. So the fact that this is the underlying worldview for me uh, kind of was like the, the veil being lifted from my eyes. And then I just started I'm like, all right, if it's rooted in, in these falsehoods, let me look into what all these other claims that they're making are, right? Because you have gurus that, are, that give you nice word salads that sound really profound and interesting. But when you look into them deeper, you're like, one, they're quoting people who never said what they're actually quoting, right? Or they're twisting something that somebody said in order to pretend that that person, this predominant figure, prominent figure, figure in the past, believed in the law of attraction. And then you look into it and they've just misquoted them out of context. So th then you look at the industry that's behind it. And it's just all like, hey, give me your money. Give me your money. Give me your money. I have the life that you want. The law of attraction gave it to me. Why don't you have the life that that's like me? It's because you haven't taken my course yet. You haven't read my book yet. You haven't remove the spiritual and energetic blockages that are holding you back. And it gets people down this uh, this rabbit hole of spending their money. And that's why I call it a gateway drug to spiritual heroin, because you end up chasing the high that you first got when you learned about the law of attraction. You hear about the law of attraction. It tells you, hey, you got to think positive now. So that's a life shift for a lot of people. It was for me. We're from Yonkers. Who in Yonkers thinks positively? That, that's, what, that's what I was getting at. I, I understand where you're getting from with, well, to, to answer your question, not yeah. too many people. In New York, there's not a lot of exactly. uh, happy yeah. people. <laughs> but but um, remove all the scams and the people and the fake gurus and the s Satan. The, what, what comes from it is usually positive. Um, right? I would say the positive thinking aspect. I, I, at least that part yeah, of it. At least that part of yeah, it. That, that, that yeah. shift. So, I, so that's what I mean. Once you shift your thinking and you start thinking positive, positively, <laughs> you're, you're kind of on a high for a little bit, right? But you're on a high under a, a false pretense. You're on a high thinking that the universe is going to give you 
what you're thinking about, right? So the only reason you're acting positively and focusing on your goals and all of this is because you've been told that the universe is going to give it to you. It's not coming from a place of practical uh, practicality and like, hey, I just need to have a better outlook on life because that that affects the way that I do business, that affects the way that I live my life. No, you're thinking this way, thinking that the universe is going to give you something. So when the universe doesn't give you the something that you want as fast as you believe that it should be giving it to you, you ask one of these gurus what's going on, they're going to tell you, oh, it's because you're doing this wrong. But I have a remedy for you. Oh, because you're doing that wrong. Oh, try these uh, these audio books that I sell. You know, it, it just you ter it turns into a pipeline because now you're chasing that high. And it, it starts falling into like toxic positivity. When I was into this stuff, there was people I couldn't even like vent to about my struggles in life because they would be afraid that if I was to project my negative energy onto them, that now they're in danger of attracting that into their life. So it ruins actual communication with people. You know, if you follow this stuff to, to it, most people who do the law of attraction don't go that far. You know, they're just like, all right, going to say my mantra is going to talk to myself in the mirror, big myself up, and then they just go about their regular day. But there are millions of people around the world. 35 million people uh, have bought the book The Secret, which is one of the biggest law of attraction books out there. 35 million people believe this stuff, right? Or have have been introduced to it just through that one platform. That's not to say all of the other millions of, of books and stuff that's out there. So it's spiritual heroin because it, it keeps you chasing these highs, right? And I talk about in the book um, how um, you'll, you'll never reach the thing that they are trying to get, that, that they're telling you that you can get. If you look at all of the people who contributed to the, seek, to the secret book, 90% of them aren't doing anything in life except selling law of attraction courses wow. and and uh, you know manifestation and feng shui your house type stuff you know they're, they're not doing anything but that and they become the the carrot at the end of the guru stick that that I call it and what bothers me uh, I won't get into what bothers me the most but right in this part of what we're talking about um, they get you going so far into believing this stuff that it can lead to death. And I know it sounds extreme, but just in The Secret alone, that movie and that production, there is two people in it. Most of the people in it are straight up scammers, but uh, there's two people. One of them, Kathy Goodman, right? Uh, there's a chapter called The Secret to, to Health. And in it, she discusses how she cured herself from breast cancer by just thinking positively, using the law of attraction, right? And when I first heard that, I got hooked because I have stomach issues. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, she was able to heal herself with her thoughts. Maybe I can do that as well. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Little did I know that by the time I even watched the movie, this woman was dead oh. from breast cancer. Wow. Yeah. Then you have another guy in there, uh, James Arthur Ray, who is, you know, spiritual guru. He does like spiritual warrior retreats, right? He did this one, he's had a history of bad things happening at his retreats, but this one, he got locked up for two years after doing it because three people died during a sweat lodge experience, wow. right? So he got locked up for a negligent homicide. And this dude is still out there, you know, offering 12-month uh, courses for $10,000, you know? Like, these, these people are just scamming people left and right, and people buy into this because... We are, even though uh, 
we like to think that we don't submit to authority. We do. Somebody has a name doctor in front. We listen to whatever they say, right? Uh, these past two years have proved that, you know? Um, so, Like Copeland, remember yeah. that guy when he blew away the corona? Oh, uh, Ken that? Kenneth Copeland, yeah. <laughs> I blow, hair grow. Like, yeah, dude's a trip, man. Oh, man. Uh, but they that's got a how... jet, this guy, friend. A bunch of cars and big, well, he's like a down south guy. $750 million he's worth. God. Yeah? Yeah? Wow. He wasn't like safe today. Ninja. He's like yeah. that Copeland guy. We got him. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, you know, that's uh, a lot of it. Also, the scientific claims that they make, you know, saying that quantum physics proves the law of attraction. It does not. Uh, and I got a whole chapter on there. I call it the, the Wu-Tang Clan, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why do you call it that? Because I, I call it quantum woo. Like, that's what uh, actual physicists call, uh, like, what these guys do. They call it quantum woo. Uh, so I just, in that chapter, I break down all of the, the fallacies in the perspectives of these like gurus and I essentially initiate you into the Wu-Tang clan, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it's got, it's got that. It's just, it's, it's full of nonsense. But for me, the biggest issue is that this stuff leads you down a path away from Christ. And so that for me is the, is the biggest issue because if, if you're comfortable with keeping people away from a saving grace through Jesus Christ, if you're comfortable with doing that while at the same time taking money from these people to have them at your spiritual warrior retreats, uh, I don't know, man. I might go pretty unchristian on you uh, if I ever bumped into you. So so you're talking from a Christian, Christian perspective. Yes. As the author, right? Okay. And But, uh, yeah. so I... I made. Oh, let me get in front of the mic. Uh, I made sure to do it in a way where even if you're not a Christian, you can read it without. It's not like full of Christianese. It's coming from a place of understanding that not everybody believes Christianity. I believe it is the true worldview, but I, I wanted to make sure that even if you're not a Christian, you could read the book and be like, "Yeah, I'm not going to believe the uh, the law of attraction stuff." You know, it's not only from a spiritual lens. I, I break it down philosophically, scientifically, the historical claims, the misquotes, uh, everything, and then I expose the industry behind it as well. The industry, I understand, but yeah. but I because I, I, I've read the book and the other. I'm sorry, not your book yet. I yeah, will, yeah. but <laughs> I meant the secret. Yeah, and the positive is what I took from it. Yeah, definitely. I never believed that you can just think and believe and repeat mm -hmm. and everything's going to come to you you definitely got to put work exactly. behind what it is so that part i agree 100 yeah but but it, it is good for people that are living that negative life and need to just fill themselves with more positivity and like you said earlier surround yourself with people that you want to be like and where where they are where you want to go so i would push back and disagree that it's good if we are if we're trying to speak objectively because uh you know satan adds there's a little bit of good in everything Satan does, right? Because if he just showed up like, yo, I'm the devil coming for your soul, you know, we'd be like, no thanks, Satan. Uh, it, it's So I think that the thinking positively is good, as long as it doesn't go from uh, just thinking positively for practical reasons to then... Uh, Believing. Yeah, toxic positivity, yeah. you know? it goes for what you said in the beginning, when you put your trust in Christ, now you're riding with Christ, you're saved. Right now, you're not putting your trust in Christ. Right. You're putting your trust in the universe. In, in the, the universe, you know, which, um, you know, which, I don't know, to me, to me personally, I think is ridiculous, but. Um, Talk about it. 
Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's get into the whole universe is God thing, right? Let's uh, do it. So essentially, okay. Uh, essentially, universe yeah, trying yeah, to push yeah. Back, universe huh? is trying to push back right now. <laughs> it's like, no, don't tell them, don't tell them, right? <laughs> but uh, you know, essentially, we're worshiping the creation and not the creator, right? When we worship the universe, but there are people who believe that the universe is God, right? And I have many issues with that spiritually, but uh, scientifically, it just doesn't make any sense because. There is an abundance of information out there and, and scientific studies that show that we have a beginning of the universe, right? I go through all of this in, uh, in uh, one of the chapters in there, right? So we have a beginning of the universe, meaning there was nothing and then there was the universe, right? So all space, time, and matter come into existence at one point in the past. They call it the singularity, right? And the universe is also coming to an end. Second law of thermodynamics shows that usable energy is turning into non-usable energy and given enough time could be bajillions years down the line, we're eventually going to run out of usable energy and the universe as we know it is going to die, right? So for you to equate the universe with God, it, you're believing in a limited God and you're believing in a created God and you're believing in a God that's eventually going to die. So that's one of the issues with believing the universe is God is because many people who believe that they also believe that the universe is infinite you know they say the the infinite universe but the universe isn't infinite it's finite uh you know science says it started like 14.8 billion years ago that's a long time but that's not infinite there's no such thing as infinity plus one or infinity and beyond there's there's just infinite so <laughs> that um you know that's that's one of the issues that i that i have with it and that's without even looking to it through a Christian lens, right? Where, where one of the reasons why I ruled out things like Buddhism and Hinduism is because they believed that the universe was eternal and was God, and and we all just go back to to God. Well, you reincarnate until you get to go merge with the one consciousness and all that stuff. But anyway, uh, I looked at the beginning of the universe, and I'm like, okay, so the universe had a beginning. All space, time, and matter came into existence at the same time. So either nothing caused that, as, as I used to believe when I was borderlining on atheism, right? So either nothing created everything that we see here, or something that is spaceless, timeless, immaterial, ridiculously powerful, and I would say personal to make the decision to create the universe had to exist before that. And if you look at that and then look at the, the God that you find in the Bible, the God of Israel, those attributes line up with that, right? So... When I was trying to figure this whole worldview thing out, when I got to the beginning of the universe, that was one of the things that made me believe in a monotheistic God. I wasn't at Christianity yet, but I believe that whatever created this universe that we are experiencing must sit outside of space, time, and matter because space, time, and matter didn't exist before. So it was either nothing did it or something did it, and I was going with the something. So. Yeah, it makes more sense to go with something than nothing. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, a little yeah. bit, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I know plenty of people who would debate us on that, but <laughs> I, I, I used to, I used to not even think about it. So I would, I would go with just the nothing because I didn't even want to think about yeah. it. Yeah, but of course, of course, it's definitely a something. Yeah. What are your views on the spiritual world and the physical world? Do you think we're spiritual beings having a physical experience right now? I oh yeah, definitely. Uh, we're, you know, try to explain consciousness. Yeah. You know, there's. Like really two explanations, either one, 
if the atheists are right, then we're not actually even making any decisions. We're just reacting to neurons firing in our brains and uh, consciousness is just an illusion, right? Or mm. our consciousness is who we are, you know? And uh, that's like our personality and, and it's how we're aware of, of things. So I would say that um, it doesn't mean that our our human and, and physical bodies are irrelevant, you know, as, as many... Uh, idealists, uh, hyper-idealists would, would say, and um, people who think that all that actually really exists is the spiritual and, and the physical is kind of just an illusion. You know, that's what people say. I, I don't agree with that. I think uh, God created the physical universe for a reason, and I also believe that if we dig into what the Bible says, um, when, when we die, excuse me, if we're in Christ, uh, as of right now, we, we go to kind of this, we go to what people would call heaven, uh, you know, to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. That's what Paul says, Paul the Apostle. Um, so if we die right now, we kind of go there and, and we wait. But God also said, the Bible also teaches us that this world and universe will be redeemed. So we are, we will have physical bodies, like how Adam and Eve were originally created, right? They were created to live forever. It's their rebellion that caused them to die, right, physically. So... Uh, you know, a lot of people have this thing like we're going to be sitting on clouds for eternity playing harps and whatnot. I have no idea where that came from, but that's not what the Bible teaches us. We're going to have redeemed bodies. So this little gut that I'm forming right now, <laughs> no more. And I'm going to eat all the heaven Snickers that they have, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I, I don't think that we should like disregard the physical, but we definitely are spiritual beings having a physical experience. But uh, some people would take that to mean that we have always existed in the past, which I, d I don't believe. I believe that we are created essentially at con conception. God had plans to create us from infinity past, but we are created essentially at, at conception. Every soul is created at conception? <sighs> See, soul is... Uh, so there's two views on this, and I'm not sure which one I, I initially really hold to. There's, um, there's a trichotomy, which says we are spirit, body, and soul. Right. Your soul being, you know, your personality, your attributes, uh, things that you like, dislike, your body obviously being this this meat package that we have. And then your spirit kind of being what connects you to God. And then you have the other view, which uh, your soul and spirit are kind of the same same thing. And then you're you're in your body. I'm not too sure which one makes the most sense uh, to me. I, I find arguments to be good on both sides of the aisle. But um, I completely forgot what the question was now that I went yeah, down this too. rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. No, it was about um, the physical and... Oh, at birth, if, if your soul is brand Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm you mentioned, not at birth, you at conception. You mentioned yeah, reincarnation. Yeah, at conception. So Which I, I don't know. yes. I don't know conception. if like at that moment the soul is created because if, if your soul is essentially... Uh, so in Hebrew, I forget the word, but it kind of... It, it can be... Uh, your body a little bit uh it's not something that i'm ridiculously knowledgeable about so i'm not gonna play expert here but i would believe that uh whether the soul exists right before conception then boom it's in you know inserted i i don't know that's you're something going here, you're yeah going yeah here. like i gotta these are questions <laughs> i want to ask god when i get there like yo my man uh. so how does this work? I, 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 bing, bang, boom. You know what I mean? I, I just have, I have more questions than I have answers, but I have theories as imagine, well. Imagine if, if it is reincarnation and you have a choice to, co to come to, to, to experience a physical well, let's, experience. Let's, well, let's break this down. Let's break, 
reincarnation down to its logical conclusion, right? So reincarnation is essentially us having to pay, where we end up being born is us paying for something we did in the past life, right? So, it, and reincarnation comes from the worldview of Hinduism branched off into Buddhism, right? So if under the philosophy and worldview of Hinduism, the universe is eternal, right? Uh, and the universe is equal to God. And we are reincarnating because we have to pay off our karmic debts of the last life, right? What did we do in our first life? When was our first life, if the universe is, is eternal? What did we do to cause us to have to now come into physical existence if if that's what physical existence is, is paying off your karmic debt. Like, how do we even have karmic debt if we were once part of the uh, prana or, or yeah. you know, what, whatever they call it? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I don't like that one. Yeah, yeah. it's like, all right, so I got to come back. Is this fly that I just religions? caught? You know? <laughs> shopping, <laughs> shopping, shopping. His window shopping at the church. 14.99, you know? Yeah, 14.99. <laughs> but yeah, these are just things that I that I think about. Of, There's a coupon in there for his church. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Just going to take a flight to Puerto Rico, all right? Uh, but, uh, uh, but yeah, these are just things that I, that I think about. I, I don't think people think these things all the way through, you know, to their logical conclusions. That's, that's why so... Like, seriously, if the universe is infinite, when was my first life? If I'm being reincarnated, what was I paying off? You know, it just it just doesn't make sense to me. And I'm sure there's somebody who could explain it. Yeah, the debt uh, part, I, I don't really agree yeah. with. But it, it, it does make sense to, to reuse souls, right? <laughs> <laughs> I heard an explanation. You know those, you ever see those like top 10 reincarnated kids with the craziest stories? Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And they're like bugged out. So like, assuming they were true. Right, not true about the reincarnation, but true that they recited things that happened before and to, that happened to other people. Right, like your mom died like this, or well, I died like that. Whatever. I I heard one interpretation was that's evil spirits talking to the kid, and that's how the kid has the information. And if that's not true, how how would this kid have this information? Assuming that everything is on point, what he's saying. Yeah, there's some. Obviously, there's there's gajillion different theories of why things happen uh everything that that we know to be true was people looking at facts that we have and putting these puzzle pieces together when it comes to something that is so outside of the physical reality that we that we have and where you know they're they're telling these stories uh the psychologists have their own reasons uh christians have their own reasons of why that happens you know people who believe in, in reincarnation they have those reasons you know but all we really have is the observation the many times we get observation and interpretation confused right so you got to go with what what could make the most sense right so let's just say and this you can apply this to anything in life um what happened? Oh, oh, I almost sorry. caught it with my phone. Oh, no, keep going. I just uh, plug the laptop in. Oh, yeah, yeah. You should have your wife the hardcover. It wouldn't have a phone. Ah, uh, oh. man. That's messed up. That's messed up. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's a difference between interpretation and, uh, and observation, right? So let's say we're just outside in the street right now, and we see a, a car drive by and, and, and turn the corner, right? We could all be observing it, and let's say the car has tints, right? So we could 
observe that car going around the corner and come up with different theories of how that person is driving, right? So I could be like, all right, I think that they have their foot on the pedal. They have their hands on the steering wheel. They're turning the steering wheel with their hands and they're just making the turn. And then maybe you come along and you're like, nah, I don't believe that. I think that they got it on cruise control. Their hands is off the wheels and they're steering it with their, with their knees, right? Now, you could be right. You definitely could be right. But mo the most probable conclusion would be what everyone else is usually doing around that corner. So you may have a one in a million that somebody does decide to take this corner on cruise control with, the, with their knees. But all we, ha all we have the capability to do is observe the car going around. We don't necessarily know what's going on inside the car. So we could just make inferences to the best probable conclusion. And I think that's, that's the closest thing you can get to, to truth when, when we're discussing things that are just completely outside of uh, the physical universe. Go with, with what everybody else is saying. No, not go with the majority. The majority. I wouldn't say go with the majority. It would, it would be go with the most probable explanation for what's going, you know, for that car turning the corner, right? It's just highly unlikely that somebody's turning it with their knees on cruise control. Yeah. Uh, Unless Fran's eating and driving. Yeah, right. I'm the rarity because I do all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the I know. I've seen like, the videos with the, <laughs> with, the, with the with the camera out the window. Yeah. This Tuesday, yeah. you know. <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, I do it all when I drive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sending an email, bungee jumping and shit. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Yo, BRB. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have uh, pork fried rice and, and rib tips or something when you got back or no? I have, uh, so I went to Delgado's today. Oh, nice, uh, that nice. Was, Yonkers Avenue. Oh, my gosh. Best bacon, egg, and cheese ever. I um, Last time I was in New York, I didn't have a chance to go there. And so today I made sure that was the first thing on the list. I went nice. right over there. I've put Brothers. so many people on to yeah. Delgado's. I had uh, my boy from Mexico Right, lives in Mexico. He uh, he hosts trips, like uh, like he's the host of group vacations. He was in Manhattan. He rode his bicycle from Manhattan wow. all the way up to Delgado's wow. just to get a sandwich twice. Because the first time, <laughs> the first time he got there, they were closing. Oh yeah, he FaceTimes God. me. He's like, they're closing. Can you can you tell him? Like keep it open. I can't tell him to keep it open, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, he went back the next time, and he was like, "That was worth it. That was worth it." You put him on to the pastrami too. I I'd start people with the bacon, egg, and cheeses because uh, that's just that's my thing. I'm not even big on, on pastrami myself, mm -hmm. but I do hear that they have the best pastrami. It is the best. That's crazy that that that, that you're you're bragging about them, and that's I think their number one sandwich. Yeah, I'm gonna just have you to know Yonkers has the number one on Google. Highest concentration of people that order and look up Italian food in all of America. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. I to... couldn't believe that. But then, when you wow. think about it, what it's New York City Italians. They usually do their thing, and they're skilled laborers and stuff like that. So maybe they move away from the city because it's hectic. Wind up in Yonkers, so there's a lot of them there. And maybe they just, you know, I guess they know how to use Google. And, bro, and whole country. I'm going to yeah, Italian tonight, country. bro. I'm but this was like as of two years ago. So, I, you know, a lot of people left New York recently. So. Yeah, that's true. That's so I don't know if, if so it's still So tonight you're having Italian in Yeah, yeah I'm going to De Costa's. You guys no, ever been to De Costa's? What you just said is true. This guy could Yeah, look at this guy. Are you Italian, by the way? <laughs> I am. I am. Fully? I'm Italian, Irish, and Spanish. 
Oh wow! Okay, yeah, yeah. nice, nice. Man, so true. I was born here, but I'm Jordanian, like yeah. bloodline. Yeah, a little mix, like you know, with the grandparents, with the Syrian, a little love. There's always a something. This, a little that. There's always something going on. Always down the line. Yep. So, um, when it comes to spirituality and psychedelics, do, do you know much about it? Yeah, I used to do mushrooms and LSD back in the day, but I was not a spiritual person back then. So I was just like, man, I'm hallucinating. You know, I thought somebody killed my cat and I didn't even have a cat. Like that's how bugged out uh, some of the trips were. I thought the sky was like talking to me and stuff. So, um, I could see how somebody who, so there's a, I forget what it's called, but, uh, it falls under the power of suggestion. It's also priming, uh, in sales, you prime somebody for the sale. Right. So I think there's a few things that happen with psychedelics, right? Since I was agnostic at the time and, you know, kind of atheistic when I would take these psychedelics, I was under the presupposition that I'm just hallucinating and seeing some bugged out stuff. But if somebody is a spiritual person and is taking those things for a specific spiritual experience, they're coming from that presupposition, then of course what they see, they're going to believe it's spiritual, right? So it can all be from your perspective and, and the lens. And then if you want to go even further, right, I would say that maybe the veil does get lifted when you take, um, you know, mind-altering drugs. You know, I know people go do ayahuasca in Peru and stuff like that. And I would say that if you are having good things happen to you in that spiritual realm, I would say, what are you using as a foundation as to what's good, what's not, you know? And uh, if you look at what the Bible says about how Satan operates, uh, it says that, even Satan himself uh, uh, transforms into an angel of light. He he can present himself as an angel of light, right? So if you go and have a psychedelic experience and you're going in there, you're speaking to your spirit guides and you're you're speaking to Mother Ayahuasca and, and all of this, right? How are you, like, What where's your foundation to understand whether or not you're being deceived or not, you know? How do you know these uh, these spirits that you're talking to that are guiding you? How do you know that they truly have your best interest they in mind? They show up on the right shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> if they're on you, the left, you. they're the devil. So there was um, this guy. <laughs> there's this. Uh, I just I just did a oh, podcast man. with somebody who was in like the the speaking realm, right? Who uh, like the personal development, he's friends with Tony Robbins, you know, like all of that stuff. And he knows somebody who did like 51 ayahuasca ceremonies. Anytime his life gets all messed up, he goes and does an ayahuasca trip, right? And when I hear that, I'm like, how how much value could you possibly be getting out of this? Like, how, how is this fixing something for you if you got to go 51 times, you know? Yeah, and I agree with that. Also, if you're just looking at things through the Christian worldview, as as I believe is the correct worldview, anything that is leading you away from Christ is is leading you away from your true salvation. So you could go have a trillion trips and be like, oh man, so spiritual, I'm one with the universe, ah, you know, all of that stuff. But you have nothing to ground your, your yourself in. You're just believing these entities, uh, you know, on face value that they're telling you the truth about things, right? Uh, so... That's kind of my perspective on the uh, whole psychedelic I thing. I get it 100%. So how do you feel about doing it now that you're... I wouldn't you're, do it. Uh, you're, you're seeing life in a different way now. Yeah, so... So your experience would be different. Yeah, which is why I don't want to do it. Uh, so if you look at um, 
the the words for sorcery in the Bible. You know, the Bible was not written in, in English. I know it's hard for people to believe that, but it was not written in English, right? I, I know it's definitely hard for some politicians to believe that. But um, if you look at what the word sorcery is, it, it's translated from the word pharmakia, right? So pharmakia is uh, like how we get the word pharmacy. Uh, so it's medicinal use, right? So that word itself is not necessarily wrong. You know, using plants for medicine is not necessarily wrong. But if you're using it in the way that you're just, they're describing it in the Bible, meaning trying to contact other spirits, trying to contact the dead, you're using these specifically for that reason when God has not authorized us to do so. Right, just because something exists, you get this argument. Well, why would God put it there? Well, I don't know. Why did He put the the um, the forbidden tree in the in the Garden of Eden? He's got his reasons, you know. So, if you are using it to have an ex- a spiritual experience that is especially taking you away from God, I just don't see why you would want to do that. And then also, are you using it as like as a medication? You know, just. You're not really facing the problems that you have in life and, and putting, as, as I would say, laying them at the foot of the cross and, and asking God to take, to, you know, to take the wheel in a sense. And you're just doing this for the experience because it makes you feel good afterwards. It's, it's a spiritual high. You're just chasing that high over and over and over again. And uh, I, I think that it's dangerous to think that, um, to think that you are in a position to know what's actually going on in the other realm. So if there's no clear indication from, uh, you know, biblical instruction to go do something, um, I'd be a little bit weary of it. To to go do something spiritually, I would be weary of it. And especially if there's an allusion to not doing it, like, hey, you're not supposed to do this. Sorcery is condemned in the Bible. Then I'm just, I'm not going to play with it. It's, it says it like that, that it's condemned. Yeah, it's uh, it could have back in the um, you know the the Old Testament days when life was crazy, you could have got stoned to death for it. It's not the uh, it's not the um, uh, they always tell you the extreme of yeah, of, course, of you know what what could happen. It's not like they would just stone you to yeah. death for it, uh, but it's a it's a possible punishment to that crime because you're not supposed to break one of the commandments. You're not supposed to worship any gods beyond uh, you know besides the one true God, right? So when you're doing this to contact these other spirits or entities or whatever, these are all considered Elohim, which is the word spiritual being. It's also another name for God, right? But when, you, when you're contacting these Elohim, which are is just another word for spiritual beings, you know, excuse me, anything that is not of this physical world is can be considered an Elohim, you're worshiping another god. You're taking advice from from other gods. These spirit gods are saying, "Hey, this is for you." You know, I used to be involved in Santeria back in the day, right? And I was under the impression, that at least this is what they told me. I was still skeptical about it, but I was I was doing it anyway. But they were telling me that this woman who is getting possessed in front of my eyes is getting possessed by the saints, and that whatever advice she tells me is coming essentially from those saints. And here I am, the gullible person who does not know any better. I have no spiritual discernment. I'm believing what she's saying. And then, I, you know, when you when I dug more into it, I'm realizing she's getting possessed by demons that are telling me these good things in my life. But you know what she never told me to not do? She never told me to stop sleeping with the women that I was sleeping with. She never told me to, to clean up my drinking habits. She never told me to stop doing drugs. Never told me to do any of that. And that's also a, a running theme for people who... Uh, 
you know, are into these type of spiritual things. All of the things that God says is sin, they're telling you you should go experience. So, I don't know, just the red flags go off for me. Yeah, definitely. That one, that one's definitely a red flag. I saw that video on your YouTube channel. Which one? Uh, the Santa... Oh, Santeria. 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 Gotta say it with the... Santeria. 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 <laughs> Los Santos. Yeah, yeah. Los Santos. Yeah, that was a pretty interesting period of my life. This has been a, a great, great episode. I feel like we can talk about this for hours. This conversation could go on. I have so many more questions and topics, but we got <laughs> to end it somewhere. No, it's not even time. It's just it, 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 we could go on and on and on. Yeah, so yeah, let, let's could. end it strong. Do you have anything you want to give the viewers? Advice or anything like that? I would say, um, read my book. No, uh, <laughs> I, I would say look into, uh, look into who Jesus says he is. And just research into if his claims are true or not. I'm not asking you to look into Christianity to, to be, you know, part of a system. I'm not asking you to go look into, you know, if you believe in Jesus. Now, all of a sudden, you have to stop doing everything else and just become a church boy or start a YouTube channel like me. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that if there's a quote from uh, C.S. Lewis, he says, um, Christianity if true, is of the utmost importance. If false, is of no importance. The only thing that it cannot be is moderately important. Because mm -hmm. life and death hangs on that question. Is Jesus who he says he is? And if he is, the only way, the only way that we are going to be saved is through putting your faith in, in Christ and his finished work on that cross. Not trusting in anything else for your salvation, just saying, cool, I know that there's nothing I can do to earn my way to God. I'm just going to accept the free gift that has been given to me through Christ. And transferring your trust into that gets you into those pearly gates, as you could, uh, as many people like to call it. Um, just investigate it for yourself, guys. And if anybody's listening to this and has questions that would maybe want to reach out to me, uh, I Tell, tell people where to find you. Oh, yeah, just John Clash. Uh, just type that in maybe Google. John YouTube. Clash, right? Like J-O-N. J-O-N, yeah. If you type J-O-H-N, yeah. Clash of Clans stuff comes up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. John Clash on YouTube, Instagram, yep. Facebook. So it's it's uh, on Instagram, right. it's J Clash. J Clash. J Clash, yep. All right. Nice. Thank Mike. you guys so much for having me, oh, by man. the way. I just want to just want to say. It was yeah. our pleasure. It was, it was a great conversation. I knew it was going to be a great conversation. I have to say, though, I like I like about your channel. I think you're different than most preachers. You're from Yonkers. You're a New Yorker. You can tell from the look, from the talk. You bring in topics that kids care about, young people care about. You know, you talk to son with Will Smith. I saw you did. And it's like it was in the news and it was, it was popular. And you're bringing up popular topics and you're intertwining it with Christ because... You know, if if one believes in God, he's going to know this is affecting every part of his life all the time. And I like that about you. And I also like, and I wonder if this comes from the battle rapping, that you you get at the false teachers. Yeah, yeah. And I know you're not picking on them, and you do it respectfully. Even when they disrespect you, 
you come back harder, but you still do it on a respect tone. Yeah, I got and the I strap. I got the strap under the table though. <laughs> you know, nah. What's the strap? The Bible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the one with the Velcro. The, the sword. <laughs> the sword of truth. You know. <laughs> Amen. No doubt. I appreciate that. So, Thank you so much. So does that come from that battle from a rapping mentality or I just like a New York tough guy? Man, like not that you're, you're playing a tough guy, nothing like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But is it like that scrap? You know, we have like a scrappiness about us. I don't like. Is, is that you? Is I don't like. <laughs> I don't like people lying to people. Right. I don't like people taking advantage of people. I, I just I don't like that. And especially since I was caught up in some of the nonsense teachings that these people did, mm -hmm. I'm like. I, my whole the way that I look at my mission on my YouTube and and what I'm doing is, I want to help people who are like me, who were not Christians, who you know have a real shady past and are just trying to figure this thing out. I want to help guide them from stepping on some of the landmines that I have stepped on, and in doing that, I kind of got to be tough on some people, you know, and call out the nonsense where it is so I, I i guess it comes from a place of me wanting to help people but i do think just living in yonkers it gives you this like uh you know if you're from a certain world in yonkers it just gives you this uh i wouldn't say chip on your shoulder but you're not a pushover right and and you're not afraid to call someone out for their nonsense that's one of the things that i love about yonkers people it's like you know your best your your best friends from Yonkers are the ones that tell you about yourself. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's I guess it can come from that. And, you know, the, the hip-hop world was a, a really tough, crazy yeah, world when, yeah. when I was coming up in it. Now it's like SoundCloud and Instagram, you know, yeah. a little, it's ridiculous. But that can be a topic for another time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Mike, any last words? I want to say God bless you on your journey and all your work. You know, I know... I, I know you uh, You work hard. You put in a lot of effort. You're about, you know, the, the usefulness and the truth. And, and can you keep going, and, you know, no matter how hard it gets. And I hope God, you know, opens the path for you and you reach the goals that, that he wants you to reach. Thank you. And I, I hope you're in unison in sharing some of those goals that he wants you to reach. And, and, and you know, God bless you in your journey back to Thank Puerto you, Rico. Brother. Appreciate and it. And when you come back, you got to let us know and Delgado's on, on me, friend, yeah, or on yeah. you. Oh, no, don't. I'll be back on tomorrow you. then. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you have to say. There's a few spots you got to head up Yeah, now, yeah, man. definitely. You got to put a head list together. Yeah, Let's thank you guys it. so much. I thank, appreciate thank it. Thank you, too, very much for... for, for you came here for a short time and you, and you made time for this. Highly appreciate it. Lo I love what you're doing, man. Uh, shout out to you for just highlighting people from Yonkers. It, it means a lot to me. You know, I, I, I watched the videos and I'm just like, man... Only Yonkers people understand what's going on right here, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Thank you very much. Law of Attraction, a gateway drug to spiritual her heroin. Yeah, I had to turn upside yeah, down. Yeah. That's the way the cover is. Because that life, it's a duality, man. It's yeah, a, it's beautiful. You know? I love the cover. I love the meaning behind it. And uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. John Clash, Michael Mukatosh, Jesus Christ, peace and love.